Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bolin Branch sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. They're made from the rarest organic cotton and designed to get even softer over time. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus 15% off your first order with code Odyssey. So head to b o l l and branch.com today. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Hey, Bills Mafia, we know there's only one topic every day, all Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bove and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. Well, thanks for holding the fort down, Matt, while I was gone, and it's always game day in Buffalo. Great job with the Buffalo Plus crew. I listened to it before we actually start recording this, but uh, good to be back with you, my man. Yeah, I know. It feels like it's been a long time. It kind of has these off season months, you know, things just happen. This is the kind of lull of the year, you know, but it still feels like it happened so fast. And then obviously when you throw the baby into the mix too, I don't know what end is up. I don't know what days are. I don't know what nights are. We've started to get a little bit more sleep, which is really cool, but we had to bite the bullet and get Sal, this is probably something that has changed since Max was the age of a baby. Do you know what a snoo is? Um, this is a joke. It could be a joke because I could say, I, what's new? And you say, I don't know what's new with you. <laughs> no, it's not a joke. I wish it was a joke. Because I say that to my son. I say, it's going to rain and then it's going to snow. It's going to snow. He says, what's new? I said, I don't know what's new with you. It's okay. So that's okay. Well, this is a kind of a double meaning, I guess. I okay. wish it was a dad joke and I wish my bank account wishes it was a dad. Oh, joke. I'm sorry. So It is a bassinet. Okay. So okay. the baby sleeps in the bassinet for the first couple months until they're ready to go in the crib. This bassinet mimics the womb. And if the baby starts to cry, it shakes back and forth, like kind of rotates back and forth to kind of soothe the baby. And then if that doesn't work, it starts to play like really loud noises within or within the womb. Well, we had one night where we just did not sleep at all. Like the baby would not let us sleep. So my wife woke up the next morning, not woke up the next morning. My, my wife was like, we are getting this thing. Everybody swears by it. It's expensive, but like I am willing to pay the price to just get some semblance of sleep. So she was able to find one on Facebook marketplace. So we did not have to pay like full price. Thank goodness. Cause they are crazy expensive and it has worked. We've gotten substantially more sleep than we were getting pre snoo. But uh, yeah, so I don't know how we even got there, but it's great to be talking to you. And it's also great to be talking to you after I got a night of like four and a half hours of sleep, which I'll take four and a half hours. I can live with just have it have to have an extra cup of coffee. 
for sure. And, um, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna have those nights for quite a while and then it just gets better, man. And then who knows, maybe you have a, another child in your future someday and it starts all over again. I don't know. We only have one. We went through that with max for a while. And then it started, you know, you, you get to a point where like, ah, you know what? He's starting to sleep a, a little bit better, a little bit more often. And that gives you a chance to sleep a little bit better and a little more often. There's also a joke in there somewhere when you said you have a baby and you don't know which way is up because the way babies act, sometimes you never know which way is up because it's always coming out both ends. So I know that that's always a bit challenging as well when it comes to them throwing up on you or diapers and all those kinds of things you have to worry about. No, I got pee. I've gotten peed on a couple of times, which is really, really great. My sister came into town for Easter last week. So she got to meet the baby on Wednesday and the day that she met the baby, the baby peed on her. So her first interaction with the baby after like an hour or so was the baby peeing on her. So that was really cool that that had to happen. Um, Overall, though, she's an angel. We love her more than anything. We just sit there and we stare at her and we're like, how in the heck did we make you? You were just simply perfect. But yeah, accidents definitely happen. And what I've realized is you have to leave the diaper there while you are getting the new diaper. So like if she's on the changing table, you can't take the dirty diaper away while you're going to get the new diaper. You have to do a one for one swap because if you take that diaper away too early, then you're going to be left with a mess and then it becomes even messier than it needs to be. All the things we thought we knew as adults. And then we have to kind of understand that we don't know nearly as much as we thought we did because we have all these life changes. I of course had a life change since last we talked, I am now in the sixth decade of my life. Just turned 50. Happy uh, birthday. Thank you. We'll talk about that a little bit as we go on. I want to sprinkle it in because a couple things happened. Last time we spoke, 13 days ago, I shouldn't say spoke. Last time we recorded a podcast here, it's always game day in Buffalo. 13 days ago, I was in Arizona at the NFL owners meetings. Uh, we talked about some things that went down there. Um, since then, had a birthday, went on vacation. And I want to sprinkle that in a little bit as we go, but I want to dive right into some other things going on right now in the NFL. Sal Capaccio, WGR Sports Radio 550, Matt Bove, WKBW TV Channel 7 Sports Director in Buffalo. All right, um, the big news really just happening overnight before we start talking is NFL, but it is Bills related. Odell Beckham Jr. signs with the Baltimore Ravens after all of the talk about Odell going all the way back to last year through last season into November and December, especially into the off season this year, the bills, the bills, the bills, Von Miller, Von Miller, recruiting, recruiting, whatever teams meeting with the jets, all the teams that are interested, the chiefs, whoever it is, he signs with the Baltimore Ravens. And I will tell you way more money than I thought any team would give him good for Odell for getting it. He's guaranteed $15 million signing bonus based salary. He can make up to 18, not interested as far as the bills are concerned for that kind of money. But for me, way more than I thought he would make from anyone way more. I don't love the fit. I I mean, I like Lamar Jackson a lot. I think he's an outstanding player and I know there's a lot of uncertainty there. I think this is a move to kind of please your quarterback and to try and get him to be happy and stay. And it feels like I saw some tweets last night of them already FaceTiming. So it feels like Lamar is going to be back in Baltimore and it feels like Odell Beckham is going to be his number one option. I just don't love the fit because I don't love that offense for a wide receiver. And maybe that's because they haven't had a truly game-changing wide receiver in the past. And that's why they've leaned so much on their tight ends on Mark Andrews on the running backs. You know, they've got so many effective running backs back there. It makes it tough to kind of pick one because so many of them are getting the ball. 
I don't know though. I, I get it. The money is so substantial, but I thought Odell would rather go to a team with a quarterback who really spreads the ball out to the wide receivers, like the bills, like potentially the jets, if they were going to get Aaron Rodgers, like the chiefs, because I think that if you're trying to bet on yourself, you're going to have more impressive numbers on a team like that than even on a team where you're definitely the number one in Baltimore, but with that kind of offense. So, I mean, I guess it remains to be seen. I just, I have a hard time picturing Odell Beckham put up like massive, massive numbers given how the Ravens have always played football. Well, this has a couple of tentacles when it comes to the bills. We spoke last episode at the owner's meetings about the comments that Brandon Bean made there regarding Deandre Hopkins. He wouldn't go too deep because of course he plays on another team and he made that clear but he also made it clear they're always interested if anybody's available via trade or free agency that included Odell. And we also know there's still rumblings out there. The bills could be in the mix here. All right. Does this get you at all, Matt more towards, okay, well, you didn't get Odell. That was something maybe you were in on a little bit. Now you should try to get Deandre Hopkins in here. That's one less receiver off the board. Or does anything change in your mind? As far as Deandre Hopkins is concerned from the last time we spoke 13 days ago, knowing this new news, especially with Odell. Well, it feels like from some of the things that we've seen, they might just end up cutting DeAndre Hopkins because it doesn't feel like they're getting close to the return that they want, which was a second round pick in addition to something else. It doesn't feel like they're getting that, you know, those offers from teams, which is why something hasn't happened. I don't know. I like the idea of DeAndre Hopkins a lot. I think he's a great player, but you just have to figure out the money. For me, it's always all offseason about drafting a wide receiver in the first round, which is an interesting concept because there are a lot of teams apparently that don't think this wide receiver class is great. I saw a tweet from Jim Nagy, who does all the stuff with the senior bowl down in Mobile, and he said that from the teams he's spoken with only one receiver has a first round grade, which is the dude from Ohio state in Jigba, right? That's how you say it. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yep. Yeah. And like John Scott from spectrum is a huge Ohio state fan. He thinks he's awesome. And he was like, yeah, everybody talks about Marvin Harrison, which is next year, but he is JSN is great. Like he's going to be an awesome player for a team. So it feels like that's the one that has kind of slowly started to creep up the draft boards because at the beginning of the process, that was a name that, could kind of be tied to the bills. Now it feels like that's somebody who's going to go in the early teens, maybe in the middle of the round. But I still think that even though what Nagy said about the lack of, you know, first round grades for wide receivers, I want this team to take one, whether it's, you know, in Jigba, whether it's Addison, whether it's a flowers, like I just really like the idea of this team adding another weapon. So Jackson Smith and Jigba, by the way, his 40 time is not, all that impressive. It's an average of about four or five. If you go to some of the timing and pro day that he's done and things like that, but he's a great route runner um, plays in the slot. He can do a lot of different things. So, you know, he's obviously a guy I think that is going to go earlier in the draft than later, but it does bring into, you know, the question of where this bills group is right now and how much you have to go out and get that guy. Like we talk about Deandre Hopkins and personally for me, I'd love Deandre Hopkins. I said that I think he's a fantastic player. You also have to worry about and wonder about the age, the money he's getting, how that impacts your situation going forward. But I will tell you, one of the things that came out of the combine for me, just talking with people, Matt, we can debate this if this is the way they should feel or not. But I will tell you, the Bills really believe in Trent Sherfield and Deontay Hardy, and especially Sherfield and what he might be able to bring to this wide receiver core. Is that a little too much faith, you think, in these guys who... 
they had, can have some nice moments, but have never really put it together throughout their NFL career. I think you have to have faith in them. And that's why you gave them substantial amounts of money. You know, we're talking about millions of dollars that were dedicated to these players. There's a reason they went out and signed those guys because they think that they can have a role in this offense. I just don't think they're ready to have the role in this offense that a legitimate number two or number three receiver should be having, which is what I think they need right now. I think of Hardy and I think of Sherfield as great, like four or five options, not great three, four options. And maybe I'm wrong just because I haven't seen them play enough. The sample size on both of them is small around the league. And obviously we don't know how they fit in with the bills offense, but I think right now the bills need to be going to find another guy who can run as your wide receiver to a to B with Gabe Davis for right now. And I think also with Gabe Davis needing a contract at some point, you need to also improve the position because eventually you're going to have to make the decision. Are you going to pay that guy a lot of money? Like Odell Beckham got $15 million. Okay. I know Odell Beckham is a much bigger name than Gabe Davis. If Gabe Davis was on the open market right now, he's getting close to that. He really is. Agreed. So, so they need to figure out one, are we going to pay Gabe Davis? And two, if we're not, who is going to be his replacement? Because if he walks, you are certainly not confident with Hardy and Sherfield as your two, three. No, I, I think it's a really good point you're making because I said at the end of last season, I was on a podcast, speaking of John Scott, I was on his pod with Alina Getzberg and Matt Perino. And they, John asked all of us for one bold prediction for the off season. And this is back when the right when the season ended, basically leading into, you know, February, whatever. Um, and I said, my bold prediction is the bills are going to sign Gabe Davis to a contract extension this off season. And it comes down to a lot of what you just said, Matt. The longer you make it go on, the more money you're going to have to pay him. And if you let him play out this year, you're very well going to lose him anyway, because it's going to get too pricey. Like it basically did kind of like Tremaine Edmonds in that situation. Now you could always, are you going to bet against him? You could do that and say, well, he's not going to have a big year. Well then why would you resign him anyway? So I think Gabe Davis in his role and his price tag where he is, is very much a part of this conversation when it comes to wide receiver, it's going to be a really interesting one, but it also gets us into kind of how you approach the draft value versus need. I want to talk about that here on it's always game day in Buffalo. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with hot buys. Your choice of color starting at just three 99 Ashley sleep mattresses starting at two 50 plus receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster Tempur-Pedic purple and beauty rest black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required minimum monthly payment down payment tax and delivery may be required. See store for details. The connection between you and your therapist matters. That's why Alma focuses on helping you find the right someone to talk to, not just anyone. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search by what you want to focus on, like anxiety, relationships, or big life transitions. You can also specify preferences around gender, race, faith, and more to help you find someone who's more likely to understand where you're coming from. Alma also makes it easy for therapists to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of providers in their directory accept insurance for sessions, so you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash not just anyone to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash not just anyone. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove. It's always game day in Buffalo. All right, Matt, before I get into wide receiver and um, need versus value, 
Thank you very much for attending the very awesome birthday party my wife threw for me. Uh, yep. we, we had a big party at Riverworks. And, you know, it wasn't a surprise. People thought it was. I had to give her my contact list and tell her, you know, people to invite and all those kinds of things. Yeah. So we did it that way. I really appreciate you coming. We got to see a lot of people. And I just want to give a backstory in this because I think it's important to share this for people. And I don't know if you were there when I spoke uh, or if you had already left already. But um, one of the, the thing that I said to people, and I want to make sure, I think this goes for anybody in life. You know, a few years ago, maybe like two years ago, my wife said to me, what do you want to do for your 50th? I was like 48, maybe turning 49. We had just come out of COVID around that time. And I said, you know, she said, like, do you want to go to a golf resort? Do you want to go to Vegas? All these things. And I said, you know, I said, I'm a people person. I love seeing people, getting together with people. And we just don't do that enough. And the only times we seem to do that are in bad situations, funerals, memorials, people passing yeah. on. And what do you say to somebody when you see them then? Hey, we got to get together more. It shouldn't be under these circumstances. Mm -hmm. I said, let's have a big freaking party. Just get people together. I didn't want it for me. I wanted it for everybody to get together. Yes, it's my 50th, but I wanted to see all the people who don't see each other enough get together. So we did it. And, you know, um, I endorse Riverworks on WGR. Uh, so I went to the people I know there and said, hey, what can we do? And they said, you know what? We have this room that is being built and it will be ready that week. Literally, we were the first event. Oh, nice. Room. It was amazing. Um, and the more it went on, my wife was just amazing about it. And I kept saying, well, you know, it starts to add up with money, right? And she's like, no, no, we're going to do this right. We're going to do this right. So we had an open bar for three hours. We had food and we had the 360 thing that everybody got on top of the platform that um, the singing cop, Mo Badger, he's a part of. He did that. DJ Milk was there. You were there. I want to thank you for showing up. And I, and I hope you got to see people you don't normally always get to see. Yeah, no, it was a great time. And I appreciate you having me. And it was really just great to see colleagues, coworkers, people who you kind of know, but you don't really know. And I hadn't been around for a couple of weeks. So that was my That's nice right. way of kind of dipping my toes back into the water and just catching up with people. And it was funny. I had like the realization of being there. It was my first time leaving the baby. My wife stayed home. So I did a double dip because I wanted to go see Devin Levi's game for at least a little bit. So I went yeah, over unfortunately, there. Unfortunately, the, the only time we could get the venue happened to be <laughs> on the night of Devin Levi's debut. But you would never have known that in the future. You know what I mean? Like you can't plan for things like that. So the day before my wife wanted to go to this really big, like kids consignment sale. Um, I forgot the name Bella kids. I think it was, it was in like okay. the old Steinmart. She loves to like go shop. So she spent the day going and doing that. Her and her mom went and they were shopping for all these deals and they were out for a while. And then they went and got lunch and whatever. So I had the baby that day. So the next day it was like, okay, now it's Matt's turn to leave the house. So I went to the Devin Levi game for a little bit. And then I just went over to the party because it was so close and it was great to see everybody. It was an awesome event. So yeah, it was really, really cool to see everybody, like you said, under those circumstances and not bad circumstance, which feels like is usually the case. There were literally people there that I've known for over 40 years, friends of mine from first grade and second grade that are still That's great cool. friends of mine. And there were people there, no lie. There were people there that I met at the owners meetings from Buffalo. Um, the, it was great. Uh, a woman named Jennifer works for the American heart association and she was in Arizona to help with the presentation with the DeMar Hamlin news that they had. And she's from Buffalo and we got to know each other. And I said, Hey, why don't you guys, you and your husband stop by uh river works, my birthday party. They showed up. I knew her for five days. So you had the spectrum. You had the media people, the college people at the end of the day, my wife and I went home, we counted 154 people showed up. So I'm very, wow. very happy about that. It was amazing. Uh, it's great to see. But let me ask you one thing about your birthday party and then we'll, you know, switch off. Yeah. So I asked you, cause you know, 
what do you bring somebody for your birthday? I was like, okay, I'll bring them wine. So I got mm-hmm. you a couple bottles of wine. But you said you like Mal? Is it Malbach? Malbec? I like Malbec. Yeah. I, I, I look. I got a lot of. I have way more red wine than I can drink now for the next year or two. I think. Okay. Uh-huh. I got a lot of red wine, which is fine. And I got a lot of golf balls from people, which is really oh, that's a good. Um, because Encore, uh, I knew Jeremy uh, sponsors them here, WGR, and some people here got together, personalized ones with Bills and Josh Allen and Happy Fiftieth. Malbec is my, I'm not a wine connoisseur. Like I could not tell you the difference between all wines. I just know I like a Malbec the best. And then I'll like a cab and then a Merlot, but it's all fine to me. I like red wine. Yeah. I had never even heard of that kind of wine. So I went into the wine store and I was like, I'm looking for Malbec, Malbec. And they're like, oh yeah, right over there. I (laughs) I just, I just assume I literally, I'm not a wine person either. I know Red wine, white wine, dry, sweet. I don't even know what Malbec is. If it's dry, if it's sweet, whatever it is. But a little I hope sweeter, you enjoy I think. It. I think it's a little sweeter because I think I generally generally like sweet things. Someone could be listening, going, "Oh no, that's not considered sweet. It's considered this." I just like it. I like the way it tastes. If I was going out to have a glass of wine, I would just have a glass of Cab, and that's okay. literally that's my baseline of like yep. what I like. Everything else, I'm just like, yeah, I guess I'll try it. I don't really know. And I was totally cool with that. And um. We did actually go on a vacation after that. I'll get to that in a little while because I have a really interesting question for you because I know you've done some uh, different vacations over the last several years as well. Uh, But anyway, PSA for everybody out there, get together with people you haven't seen, physically see people, say hi to people. It was just so, it was heartwarming. My heart is full. Thank you so much for everybody who came. But in the meantime, anybody who's listening to this, it's just, I, I, I really, really can't stress enough how important it is to see smiles on people's faces who haven't seen each other in so long. All right. Need versus value. So this is a discussion we always have when it comes time for the draft. Even me, when I do mock drafts, I'm going to put a need for a team, right? I mean, it's just what you do. You can't just say best player available because you don't know their board, but let's go back to the wide receiver discussion, Matt, because you said you've been hearing, you've been reading maybe only one first round grade on a wide receiver. Okay. So let's say you get to 27 where the bills are. And the next wide receiver on the board is like your 50 something ranked player, but your next defensive lineman is your 30th. You got to take the 30th. This is what the draft is about. It's about value. You can't reach for the 50 something ranked player because he is not valued high enough to take there because then you're going to expect that guy to play like a first round pick. And he's not because that's not even how you valued him. And we know Like a lot of teams say this, they have to, we value the grade and the player a heck of a lot more than we value the position And the bills truly, truly believe that. And I think that if you even look at their track record, the only time that you would really ever sway off of that or seen the Bills sway off of that is when it comes to a quarterback, like you need to get a quarterback. So at that point you are talking about, you know, a want, not a need. You need to have a quarterback or excuse me, a need, not a want. You need to have a quarterback. So now they're a good team. Like they won 13 games last year. You could make the argument that they could literally draft a position at any player other than quarterback. And it would be an asset well spent. I just think that for all of these years, they haven't given enough kind of love to the offense. And I think you need to get Josh Allen, these weapons. And that's why for me, this entire time it's been, get him somebody to contribute to the offense. And I think wide receiver makes the most sense. And I think that where you are, it's not like you're using the 10th pick to get somebody who might be an early second round grade. You're using the 20 set. Well, technically the 28th, but you're using the 27th selection in this draft. Like at that point, it's a crapshoot anyway. 
I just think that at some point, maybe you need to have a little bit of a compromise and go with the, you're okay with reaching into the fifties, let's say, or forties at 27. If there's multiple players that are kind of right there and your value at other positions. Well, it also depends how the board falls. Like, let's say you're between a linebacker and a wide receiver and all of the linebackers you like are still there. And one or two of the wide receivers you like are still there. Then you have to play the game of who's more likely to get back to us in the second round, or is there a chance we can move up in the second round to take this person? So those are all the things. And those are all the factors that you can't predict Mm -hmm. as you're getting ready for this. Like if you're the bills, you love how this first five, 10 picks of the draft are shaping out because it feels like there's going to be at least three, probably four quarterbacks taken very early in this draft. And you're sitting there with a quarterback and you're like, okay, great. Like go do that. And then you're probably hoping there's a run on defensive linemen or on cornerbacks or on players or in positions that you probably don't have a massive need for. And then you wait and see, I I really do think it comes down to the bills. The most likely outcomes for them are wide receiver, probably linebacker, And this is something you brought up on the podcast a couple months ago. It feels like tight end Mm -hmm. is starting to make a lot more sense than it did even a couple months ago for this team. And I think that there might be more value at 27, depending on the board falls with a tight end than there would be with a wide receiver based on what we just said with who knows there's some high end tight ends in this draft, the wide receivers, you might have some really nice mid round guys value wise, maybe not first round. What about linebacker in the first round? Are you, I mean, if Jack Edwards is there, right? It's like, okay, you just, do you grab him? Because, Hey, we just came off of Tremaine Edmonds on five years of a rookie contract. Essentially. We can kind of replicate that again. Uh, Jack Campbell. Did I say Jack Edwards. He's you not said play, Jack. You, he's not the play by play guy for the Boston. For the, yeah. I was like, <laughs> you, you kind of froze me for a second. I, nobody can see this, but I literally just searched Jack Edwards, Iowa. Cause I'm like, I think that's wrong. <laughs> Jack, Jack Campbell. Campbell. Sorry. Yes. No, I said Jack Edwards. Um, and you know, maybe it's because I looked at the blue and gold, the, the, the black and gold. And I was thinking of um, Jack the Bruins, Edwards, the Bruins play by play guy, which, uh, He's not somebody I love listening to anyway. That said, Jack Campbell, the Iowa linebacker, you okay with taking him at 27? Is that if he's there, like, hey, go grab him? No, I mean, it, it, it fits a need, right? And I don't, but at the same time, I think that there are other options there. If if they love, now, now you're in my head, I almost said Jack Edwards. If they love Campbell mm-hmm. and they're sitting there, but so is like Drew Sanders. He's the guy from Arkansas. Maybe you just trade back. Maybe that's something that you could do because I would never complain about that. And yeah, you lose your first round pick, but maybe you can recoup another third round pick to move back a few spots or something like that. And then you can try and get a wide receiver and you can get a linebacker and we're all sitting there going, wow, Brandon Bean's a genius. What a move. I I don't know. I mean, if they do it, it's not like I'm going to be stomping my feet on the ground saying that this is a mistake because I do think it would be somebody who would immediately slot in and be your starter. Like it would be him and Milano going into the season. I just, I don't know. It feels like from the things that I've read, it's not like he's a surefire first round pick anyway, either. So the grades on him and we won't know what the bills grades are, but the grades on him are going to be just like the grades on the wide receivers where it feels like maybe you would be reaching a little bit to take a position that you need. So I I don't know. I'm not, they could kind of, like I said, this going into this draft, I feel different. Like last year I was like, man, take a cornerback 
and I was open to Brees Hall just because I really liked the player. And obviously people have their opinions on running backs. Now I'm just like, take somebody on offense. What about the report? Apparently Matt Miller, NFL draft scout. He works ESPN does a lot of his own draft stuff. He's been doing yeah. a lot. Yeah. He's Apparently great. he said the bills could very well be looking to trade up um, offensive skill position or, in, or offensive lineman. How's that hit you trade up? guess it depends on what it costs. Um, I know that there's usually kind of mixed feelings about trading up because it would probably cost the bills another one of their draft picks. And this is a year where they're not fully stocked anyway. If you love the player, I would never hesitate to do it. If you think it's somebody who can really be a difference maker and there's a big drop off, maybe you have four offensive linemen who you're like, we love those guys. And then after that, you've got a big drop off. Well then go up and get one of those guys. I think back to the, 2019 draft. Now, Ed Oliver has been a good player. I know last year was not Ed Oliver's great year, but there were rumblings the day of that draft that the Bills were trying to move up to three to take Quinn and Williams. Like, you know, imagine this team if they would have had Quinn and Williams. Like, that's a pretty crazy idea. So, I, you know, I think most people would probably prefer a trade down, but if you trade, here's my thing if it you trade up, have no issue with it unless it costs you a really, really, really premium asset. Like I don't want them to trade their next year first round pick to right. move up to take an offensive lineman. But if you've got to move a third round pick this year, or you know, maybe even a second, depending on the player, I, I can live with that. Let's remember the Bills only have six picks in this draft. That's what I mean. Like it's tough to say that they're going to trade up and give all of this stuff yeah. and then have what four picks in this draft. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't see it either because of that. And, and also look at the clues. I mean, Brandon Bean openly said they're eyeing that third round comp pick next year with the way the formula works. I mean, he said that, that they, that's why they're signing guys to like minimum deals, basically, um, you know, these free agents. So I, for them to be thinking about that and how much these picks have to hit for them and how much they have to use these picks for financial purposes to get lower cost labor, essentially over the roster it'd be tough for me to justify or think that they're going to move up and give up some of these picks that they're relying on. So I don't necessarily see it uh, before we end this segment real quick. They did sign re-sign Jordan Phillips uh, mm-hmm. since the last time we spoke, this just happened at the official announcement just happened a few days ago. Um, n- not a surprise. I think it really comes down to if Jordan Phillips is healthy, he can be a player that can really help this team. He's done that. He had nine and a half sacks in Buffalo goes off to Arizona um, he, he started to have more sacks in his career later in his career than earlier, which he has, you know, kind of continued when he's been out there and been being used like that, but he's also had the injuries and that's been the issue, the shoulder last year, the hamstring, he stays healthy though. He can be a really, really valuable player for this team. And next, I wonder what's happening with Shaq Lawson because he's still unsigned. Yeah. That's going to be the next place that I go to Jordan Phillips always felt like the more likely of the two to kind of come back for another year, just because of the impact he did have when he was on the field last year. And mm-hmm. I do think that for what they're going to pay him for a one year deal makes a lot of sense for both sides. Glad they were able to get something done. I think if Shaq Lawson is willing to take one of those similar deals, now the money probably wouldn't be as much as Jordan Phillips, but maybe it's a mill and a half or something along those lines then you would like to have Shaq Lawson back as just another rotational depth guy on your defensive line. You know, he's liked in the locker room. You know, he knows the defense, he knows the system and he likes being in Buffalo. So for me, 
for any really free agent who hasn't signed up to this point, like those are guys you should be calling just to check in on, to see if maybe they're available for a price that you didn't think they were going to be available for. And I think you've probably got a leg up in that one because you know, Shaq Lawson likes it here, but not even for just him, for players around the league who still haven't signed. Maybe Brandon's got to be calling their agents and just saying like, what's the deal? Like, could we get you on a one-year deal to see if, you know, things could work out here and who knows what players become available if that's the case. Yeah. I think that's a, a, a natural fit for Jordan Phillips to come back to Buffalo. I don't think he was going to get a ton more um, interest on the market, especially with the injury. The bills now have 66 players on their roster. They have 24 openings. We just said six draft picks, right? That gets you down to what? 18 openings. You'll probably have about 10 undrafted free agents. You only have room for about maybe seven or eight guys really. Other than that, around the roster before you get to training camp where you're allowed 90 guys to bring. All right. We're going to wrap this up with, I, I want to ask you about what is being called the fastest growing sport in America. Oh, I already know what you're going to ask. So I'm a father of what? I got to find a babysitter. I found care.com and I was blown away. Through the platform, I was able to find local and experienced candidates along with their reviews and rates, which were way more affordable than I anticipated. Care.com really put me at ease knowing that they were all required to go through a background check. If you're like me and you need to find someone reliable for your childcare necessities, check out care.com. Find the ideal sitters for your childcare needs. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. All right, Matt, I know that you have spoken about this before. I think it's being played up in your neck of the woods a lot. Pickleball. Mm -hmm. Yep. Pickleball. Awesome. Fastest growing sport in America. Believe it or not, I know this is Sounds crazy to people who've just kind of learned about this. I'm 50. I played pickleball in high school, had a mm -hmm. high school gym teacher who taught us pickleball in 1989, 1990. Coach Carl Curris just passed away recently. Who's my AD in high school. The field at Cleveland Hill is named after him. And I've known about pickleball, but I've not played since high school. And now everybody's playing it. And yeah. we went on this cruise, which I'll talk. I'm sorry. Went, went to a resort, which I'll talk about in a second down in Cancun. They had pickleball available. I took Max over to the pickleball court. We played it. I enjoyed it. 
my nine-year-old son is very good at pickleball. The first time he ever played and he was really good at it. And I'm like, this is pretty cool. It's a really cool activity because it's one of those things that bridges the gap between so many different age groups and so yep. many different people from all these different backgrounds. You could put, you know, a 30 year old, a 12 year old, a 65 year old and a 50 year old on a pickleball court. And they could have a really, really fun time for all of them. And they could have a good competitive match. I got into it because the neighborhood that I moved into has a little park with two pickleball courts legitimately 50 yards away from where I live. So I can go play pickleball really at any point. And do you uh, not as much okay. now, but during the pandemic, we played all the time. So during okay. the pandemic, my wife and I will go over there every once in a while. She doesn't really like to play like the legitimate rules, but we have different paddles and we'll just like hit back and forth as many times as we can and just kind of sure. like screw around. But during the pandemic, I had this group of guys that I played football with every Saturday or Sunday morning. We play this thing called, you know what ultimate football is? I've heard of it. I'm not really sure how it's played. It's basically a combination of ultimate Frisbee and football. Right. So you yes. can't run forward if you've got the ball, but you know, somebody I've seen else can... highlights of it. Yes. Yeah. Really, really fun. Great workout. Well, when COVID happened, of course, everything that was happening indoors got shut down. So we kind of moved our operation over to the park in my neighborhood. And we would have a group of 10, 12 guys come and play pickleball and we would just pick random teams and we would do doubles and we would throw 10, 15 bucks in the middle, each person. And then we would play for all the money and it was a ton of fun and it was great. So I definitely think that people who haven't tried it should try it because it's fun. A lot of people will say, Oh, it's a lot like tennis sort of, but it's actually more like ping pong than it is like tennis. Now I played tennis in high school. So I have a little bit of a tennis background. I wasn't very good or anything, but I would say it's a little bit closer to ping pong than it is to tennis. And that's why it is such an accessible game to play. And you don't need to go get fancy equipment or anything. You play with literally a wiffle ball and you can play with the first set of rackets. We got, it was a four pack on Amazon with like four wiffle balls for 25 bucks. They're like Love these it. wood paddles. And that's how we got into the game. So it's super fun. We had these wood paddles at the resort and then, there was some that were more like rubbery kind of, right? There are different kinds yeah, of Yeah, there's like they're like carbon fiber, you know, like a little bit of a nicer material. The wood comes off like so I don't know if this is going to be a little bit too technical, but for a wood panel, like it's going to come off of the face of the paddle a lot firmer, a lot faster, but more advanced pickleball is all played at the net. And that's when you would want a nicer paddle because you can control it a little bit more. Like it's harder to control those wood panel paddles because you can't really just kind of baby those. It always pops off of them. So that little area around the net, you know, that what that's called the kitchen. So like when you're around the kitchen, you want to be able to, it's called dinking. You have a little bit more touch you go. dinking the ball. Well, I had a, I had a good time playing it. Max didn't want to play. He kept saying no. And I'm like, come on, let's do it. And then he loved it because he was good at it. And he's a pretty good athlete anyway, but it was really fun playing with him. And I tweeted a video, actually me playing with him. You could see him hitting it over. It was pretty cool. Um, that said it was all at, so I said, we went, even though we did have this party, my wife still wanted to go on vacation. So this was actually planned a while ago. Uh, went to Cancun. That's where I was when you did the show last week and you had the Buffalo plus crew on went to club med in Cancun. Actually, there's a b- bunch of different resorts and that's where we went. I'd never done an all-inclusive resort ever. I've done all-inclusive cruises as you have. Okay. So I've never done a cruise you, either. Oh, oh. Cause when you went to Europe last year, it wasn't a cruise. No, no. Uh, oh, you just went on a regular vacation. Yes. 
if you want to call it that regular vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I can't, then I, I can't ask you this question. I want to ask the listeners if you've experienced both, what is better? The all-inclusive cruise or the all-inclusive resort? They're both amazing. Everything's paid for all the food. It's all free, all your wine, alcohol, whatever. Everything's free. But one's on a cruise and you're on a boat and you go to different places. One's at a resort. You wake up and you're on a beach and you relax. And it was really interesting. So we've had this debate in our house about which one is better. And I will tell you, I think I might lean cruise only because I wake up in the morning. I can go visit a new country, essentially, mm-hmm. a new city yeah. somewhere. The food, however, at the resort, better than most cruises I've ever been on. I've never done an all-inclusive anything. Never done an okay, all-inclusive cruise. Well, here's the reasoning, though. Okay. Feel like I would get bored. I am not. Oh somebody, no. I am not somebody on vacation who can just wake up, go sit at a pool all day, drink, then go to a dinner, and then basically start over and do it. And I know that there's activities and whatnot. So, like my perfect blend of something where you have that and also have things that you can really do was Hawaii. We went to Hawaii for my honeymoon for two weeks. And that was amazing because during the day you could wake up, you could go sit by the pool, you could have breakfast, but then you could go snorkeling, you could go hiking, you could go play golf, you could do all these things, go get a nice meal and then start it over. Just the idea of an all-inclusive to me has never been, it's yeah. And let me slow you down for a second. Everything you just said about Hawaii, you could do more of that on all-inclusives. Like excursions? Oh my God. You get off the boat. We went, we visited Pompeii one day and hiked and went around and yeah. you get off the boat. You go and yeah, you go on excursions. You can go and all excursions are different. If it's cruises, you can get off the boat and do that. But Matt on the boat, water parks, bowling alleys. Yeah. But that's on a cruise, not on an all-inclusive now resort. You go, now we went to the resort, get up in the morning. We went and played pickleball. You could go do anything. You can, we went snorkeling. Uh-huh. They have everything there. They, there's volleyball all day, like on a, on a beach, play volleyball. All, all different resorts have different things. I'm sure many of them have golf. You could also leave the resort and go into the city or wherever. So this comes I, down to thought of it is you got to experience it to see what I'm saying, because I'm the same way as you. I am not the sit by the beach guy. I am not. I am not the sit at the water guy. I'm not even much of a water person. I need things to do. We got up in the morning. We did yoga one morning with a yoga yeah. instructor. I mean, there was a lot to do. This comes down to me being a weirdo more than it comes down to anything else, because I'm one of those people who goes on a vacation and then needs a vacation after because I do so much that I get worn out. But my thought is, like, if I'm traveling to somewhere, I want to see as many things as I can see. I want to meet as many people as I can meet. I really want to immerse myself as much as possible. So and my wife's a little bit of the same way. She probably leans more towards the let's go and relax a little bit and get away from our real lives and just trying to, you know, calm down for a bit. But yeah, we've never done all of the trips that we've been on together have always been like, go, 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 go. And then at the end, you're like, that happened so fast. I'm still like, I'm exhausted. I don't feel refreshed at all, but I can't wait to do it again. I did not know that you had never done these things, but I'm glad that I found out because I am telling you right now, I think you would love either of these things. You would love going on an all-inclusive cruise. You'd love going on an all-inclusive resort. And I'm wondering if people feel the same way, like which one is better or not better, but I totally get it. Like you got to have something to do. You'll find those. Um, all right. The other thing I wanted to ask about not bills related either masters. I'm sure you watched some over, yeah. over Easter weekend, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think about uh, the masters and do you put Brooks Kepka in the totally choked category? No, I don't put him in the totally choked category, even though I know from the outside looking in uh, the common joke has been like, Oh, look, Brooks could only 
only play 54 holes because that's the live stuff that you only play 54 holes and not 72 holes. So yeah, it was not a good Sunday. It was his for the taking. He should have won. John Rahm also played a great round of golf. John Rahm is also, he's amazing. He's also right now a better golfer than Brooks Kepka. So I don't know if it would be fair to say completely that Brooks Kepka joked, but so happy for Rom. Love John Rom. Think he's an awesome dude from everything that I've seen and read and the interactions that people I know have had with him. It sounds like he's somebody who's easy to root for. And I also really like the idea of going to cover the PGA championship in Rochester with him as the guy who just won a major. Like I like that for the game of golf. I like that for the event at Oak Hill that John Rom is coming into it as the guy defending the masters. And by the way, Justin Thomas, will be defending the PGA championship after missing the cut at the masters. And so did Rory. So I think, and I've said this before, Oak Hill needs like a legitimate champion to win this event because the last two have been Sean McKeel and Jason Duffner and no disrespect to those guys, but not household names. So for the sake of Oak Hill, the history of Oak Hill, the future championships that might be held there, like they need a guy like Rory or JT or John Rahm to come and win win. So I think it's really setting up nicely for the PGA. The only thing that sucks, and this is a big thing that sucks is the tiger pulls out of the masters and it yeah. felt like tiger was just going to play in the majors. But after watching him limp off the golf course in Augusta, it feels a little bit far-fetched to think that he could be out on a golf course again in a month playing competitive golf in a major. It is a month and I feel the same way, but I also think like he had, there was such challenging conditions with the the rain and the cold and the wind that I'm sure that also impacted how he moved and how his body reacted. The only issue is Matt, we don't know what kind of weather we're getting in the middle of May in Rochester. It could be something similar to what we just saw in Augusta, which was not the greatest weather for a few days. So I'm hoping to see tiger out there just like everybody else's. Um, that would be great. All right. So, and by the way, on John Rom, yeah, I agree with you. And, to me, him and Scotty Scheffler are the same, which is they never waver. They're just these guys who are so good all the time. You just, you know, you're going to get this baseline of greatness pretty much every time they step on a golf course. Yeah. I, I was, you know, it's when you say it like that, I'm trying to think of like bills players who are similar, like cut from the same cloth, but I actually don't really, I can't really think of any because I know a lot of those guys get up for like big moments and in golf, like you can't be fit. You got to just like, baseline, baseline, baseline. Like Josh Allen, I think loves the bright lights. Stefan Diggs loves the pressure. I'll give you one games. Yeah. Go ahead. Milano. Yeah. That's a good point. He's good. He's he's just every single game. He's Mm -hmm. great. Right. He makes tackles every single game. Speaking of Josh Allen, he was at the masters. Uh, He actually was on set with Scott Van Pelt. I think at one point, and I was told a couple of days ago that Gabe Davis also went over to the masters to watch, to hang out with Josh a little bit. I don't know. I didn't see that. I was told that maybe you've seen it even, I don't know. Do you know why so many people who are celebrities and athletes go to the masters to see tiger? <laughs> <laughs> so the re- like, yeah, one, because they love golf, but two, don't they, they get take- to play it maybe on the, the, the day after? No, they, you are not allowed to have a cell phone. Once the tournament starts at the masters. So this is one of the only places in the world where these guys can go and really not get bothered. 
Think about Josh Allen walking around at any event ever. Imagine how many times that dude is getting stopped to take a picture with somebody right. at the masters. Nobody has cell phones. So people are still going to come up to him and be like, Oh, Josh Allen, go bills. I have you on my fantasy team, but you're not sitting there and taking pictures. And I've heard so many and talked to so many different athletes and like celebrities who that's their favorite event to go to because they kind of get left alone compared to what they normally deal with on any other at any other event or any other circumstance. That's a great point. It's a great point. And speaking of that, no cell phones, I saw people saying, imagine people were on their cell phones and distracted when the tree came down at 17. That's a good point too. That's a good point too. And I I will say like, that's a super scary thing that Mm -hmm. happened. And I'm a little bit surprised it doesn't happen more often, Mm -hmm. but thank goodness nobody got hurt. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt. All right, so what's next? Let's just wrap this up, and I know we spent most of this segment not talking about the Bills at all, but let's tell everybody that a week from today that we are recording this, we are recording this on Monday, April 10th. Matt, a week from today, the Bills open their off-season workout program. They're going to be back at the facility, you know, and it's volunteer, so people don't have to show up, but most of the guys will be there. They usually are, and they'll be doing strength and conditioning work. They can't actually work on the field with footballs and coaches. Yeah, so it's that's a week from it. It's like... It's go, 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 go from now until June and June, basically nothing happens. Like the first week of June, I think they might still have one more level of mandatory minicamp. That's I think the middle through the middle, like 15th, 16th, right around there. That's when it's going to be done. So, and then after that, it's basically nothing up until training camp. So now you have, you've got the voluntary workouts that start within the week or a week from today, then you've got the draft, then you've got rookie mini camp. Yep. And then after that, you've got real mini camp and then it's kind of a lull. And I do think that like the bills still have roster spots that they need to fill. Mm-hmm. So they will be like trickling in with some little under the radar free agent signings. There'll probably be some depth guys, but at this point, you know, if you have somebody who's just going to be on your roster, basically to get you through training camp, or if you've got somebody with a little bit of upside, maybe spend the extra $500,000 and get the guy with a little bit of upside and see what he can do. Like, it feels like, you know, like a Duke Johnson last year, like he ended up kicking or staying around for really the entire season. We didn't really see him in action at all. Did he ever get into a game? Um, I think he was active. I don't remember if he had any snaps though, but like something like that, like Duke Johnson for a little while, like had success in the NFL, like go pl- find not necessarily running backs, but, Go find players like that who have done it for a little while, who could still be around and be available. You know, I was looking at a list of like the best remaining free agents Mm -hmm. and there's some interesting names on here that I think it would make sense for the bills to be looking into. I mean, I don't know what they'll do, but like, uh, I'm I'm not saying they're going to do this, but Ronald Darby is on this list. And that immediately takes me back to like all of those years of the bills just being terrible. Um, he did get into one game last year, Duke Johnson. He had two rushes for a total of four yards. Speaking of remaining free agents, some guys have not signed yet that are bills, free agents that went to free agency. Um, AJ Klein, Dean Marlowe, Shaq Lawson. We talked about Cole Beasley still out there. Jay Kumaro. These mm-hmm. are guys, Taiwan Jones. I wouldn't be surprised if any of them come back. I mean, maybe not Cole Beasley at this point, but a lot of these guys, I wouldn't be surprised if they fill out the remaining spot spots on the roster. Yeah. But at the same time, if they're not signed by now, what are they waiting for? And I like, like, here's a good one. This is an interesting idea for you. Roger Saffold. Roger Saffold was not great last year. Roger Saffold is probably going to play one or two more years in football and then be done. But if you go to Roger Saffold and you're like, probably not going to start, 
but you have a lot of your life now in Buffalo. You were here for the last season. You want to come back for one more year at like one and a half million dollars. Wouldn't you be interested in that? If I was Roger, if I was the bills, if you're the bills, probably, I don't think I would, if I was Roger Saffold, who I've made all this money, I've had a really nice career. I don't really need to do that for a million and a half. However, a guy like Taiwan Jones, who's basically played for minimum deals for a while. Like that's sure. I mean, you just, you're kind of running it back. AJ Klein. I think Matt in those situations, what are they waiting for? I think the team wants to wait till after the draft. What did we get? What do we need? Mm-hmm. And you know what? We're still deficient maybe in a linebacker. Hey, here's a guy who knows our system. Let's bring AJ Klein in something like that. Yeah, that's a good point. And I do think now that you are so close to the draft that you probably get a little, and also I don't think any of these moves are going to be swaying our perception or the team's perception on what they're going to be moving forward. Odell Beckham was kind of the last big piece. There's a couple other big names out there, but I think we kind of know who the core of the bills is going to be going into next season besides the draft picks. All right. Well, Matt, we'll uh, talk to everybody later this week and we'll see if anything's changed from the bills front, the draft, all that kind of stuff. In the meantime, enjoy the sun and the weather. I'm going to try and get out and play a little golf this week. Maybe you can play some pickleball, you know? Yeah, I'm actually, I'm going to try and golf too. I go back to work tomorrow. So I've got uh, yeah. So I go back to work tomorrow. I kind of timed it. So I would be back for the end of hockey season, depending on what was going to happen. And, you know, credit to the Sabres for sticking around this long but they're not going to make the playoffs. Maybe this is going to age poorly and they went out and some crazy stuff happens and they do, but you know, get through this week of hockey ending next week. We'll have some football to talk about and then it's time for the draft. So there's really, it's a good time to kind of be going back into it. I didn't want to go back in when things, when nothing was happening, like June is a, is a tough month to be, you know, local sports reporter anchor. There's not a ton of things happening now. Lots of stuff going on an easier way to transition back into working. Well, the next time we talk could be right when the Sabre season is over. Who knows? Maybe they pull out something and they get a little help. And we're talking about uh, a Buffalo sports season extending. In the meantime, give us a nice review. Uh, Give us a five-star rating. Thanks for downloading, subscribing. We always appreciate it. We got a lot more planned for you coming up over the next few weeks and into the off season and the next season. Uh, Matt Bove, Channel 7, WKBW Sports Director. Sal Capaccio here. It's always game day in Buffalo. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.